Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with performance and how to improve the human experience. Twice a week, I explore the latest science, technology, and tactics with experts in various fields of human optimization. I'm your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. All right, superhumans, it's Boomer Anderson. I'm back, and I continue to scour the globe for all things that can elevate the human experience. I'm looking for things that can help you perform better, both physically and mentally, help you recover from injuries faster, or just help you live a kick-ass life. Today, we're going to be talking about Carbon 60, aka Buckyballs. And my guest today is Chris Burris. Chris is somebody I would call a mad scientist, but he is the owner of SCS Research and the first company to deliver carbon nanomaterials. He's also the owner of My Vital C, which produces something called ESS60. Now, if you're wondering what the difference is between carbon 60 and ESS60, we actually get into that in this podcast. I became really excited about ESS60 or carbon 60 as I knew it back then, when Dr. James Hart sat across from me at Munich's PhiloFest this year, which is turning out to be an epic festival just to meet people with interesting ideas, and presented a pipette with something that I'd never heard of before, and that was C60. He said it had a lot of benefits for longevity, a lot of benefits for potential inflammation issues, as well as rebalancing redox. So naturally, I tried it. Today's guest brings about a wealth of knowledge and experience in this field, and we get into a lot of these topics firsthand. We talk about the benefits of ESS60. We talk about that difference between ESS60 and C60 and the potential human applications. In the end, because it could potentially help you perform really better, both physically and mentally, I ask him about if there's any doping regulations on this. You can find the show notes to this episode at decodingsuperhuman.com slash ESS60, as in the number 60. And if you head over to Chris's website, myvitalc.com slash DSH, you're going to get yourself a little bit of a discount if you want to give the buckyballs a try. Enjoy my episode. And this is a fantastic episode with Chris Burris. Chris, welcome to the show. Hello, Boomer. How are you doing? I'm excellent. And it made my day when we were exchanging emails and you said that you had some familiarity with the the name Boomer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so as I was growing up, probably until I was about 11, um, everybody I knew called me Boomer. So I was Boomer Burris, uh, uh, for a good portion of my life. Uh, that's, uh, it, you know, I, at, at 11, I was, I, I continued and so I'm, <laughs> I'm, hold, I'm holding on to it for both of us. <laughs> Let mm-hmm. me live vicariously through your Boomer, <laughs> uh, uh, namesake. Excellent. So Chris, today I wanted to bring you on because look, I am fascinated by what we're going to talk about today and all the potential applications of it. But I know I'll admittedly say I I know very little and I'm hoping that you can educate us. So why don't we start with just the broader concept of what is a fullerene? Okay. Yeah. So that's the, let's start from the very beginning. Um, so, uh, a fullerene is actually the third form of carbon. So everybody's familiar with diamond and graphite, and now there's a whole gamut of molecules called fullerenes and they're named after a famous inventor. Most people have heard of Buckminster Fuller. So it carried his last name. The most abundant fullerene is actually carbon 60. Uh, the best way to kind of describe carbon 60 is if you imagine a soccer ball, the lines, and that's the shape of the carbon 60, the lines on the soccer ball represent the bonds between the carbon atoms. So you have this spherical molecule molecule of 60 carbon atoms. Uh, it was discovered in 1985 uh, by three scientists, Richard Smalley, Harold Croto, and Robert Curl. Uh, those three scientists went on 
Uh, only 11 years later, so in 1996, they won the Nobel Prize for that discovery. Uh, I didn't know until kind of being in this industry that uh, that a Nobel Prize typically happens 30, 40, 50, maybe even longer later. You know, usually the way it works is, hey, remember that thing? And maybe they, the scientist has even passed on. Remember that thing that was discovered so long ago? It turns out it was really important, so we're going to give you the Nobel Prize. That wasn't the case with C60 and fullerenes. Uh, really, it was a short 11 years till they won that Nobel Prize. And that was founded in the fact that um, they felt like this buckyball, that's an, an affectionate name for carbon-60, again, Buckminster Fullerene, buckyball, um, Buckminster Fullerene invented the geodesic dome. And mm -hmm. so they, they figured that this buckyball was a 3D version of benzene. Um, and if you kind of have a little cursory knowledge of, of chemistry, benzene is ubiquitous. It's in plastics. It's in most medicines. Uh, it's also dangerous, right? So uh, you don't want to be around benzene. You want to be have it in a closed container. It's actually a known carcinogen. And so they kind of assumed that this buckyball uh, would be toxic. And so mm -hmm. in 2012, they did this really interesting toxicity study, which is probably why we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So before we get into the, the idea of C60, why do you think, so the 11 years and yes, the Nobel Prize Committee has, has awarded some interesting rewards in the past, like lobotomies and those types of things, but not always perfect. What's that? Not always perfect. <laughs> yeah, not always perfect, but none of us are, right? So right. looking at the distance between discovery and award and that being so short, why is this such a significant discovery? So um, one, I, I think it has mostly to do with they hearkened it to a 3D version of benzene. Okay. So, so if you and, and your listeners stop for just a moment and look around your wherever you are, how much plastic do you see, right? And everything that's plastic, there's benzene. How much potential medicine, like some people don't have it on their desk. I've got stuff on my desk. Um, and, and oils, like have this benzene ring as the foundation of their chemical composition. If you mm -hmm. say, if you now say, okay, so it's everywhere, right? We don't have modern society without the benzene ring, ring. We literally don't have modern society without this benzene ring. And now they create, you know, they, they discover this buckyball, this 3D version of the benzene ring. And their thought process is, well, if the benzene ring is, you know, um, a necessity of modern society, at some point, this buckyball is going to be a necessity also. And, and in the early days, um, they recognize that the buckyball was harder than a diamond. It'll actually turn into a diamond. It's got six-fold symmetry, right? So there's six planes of symmetry on this soccer ball, buckyball uh, shape. And what that does is it makes it incredibly resilient. So it can hold a lot of electrons and release a lot of electrons. So um, it's actually cost-competitive with lithium and battery cells. You know, we're all familiar with our cell phones and how uh, when we first get our cell phone, we're so excited. We finally have a, a cell phone that's bad, that whose battery actually lasts um, an appreciable period of time. And then it degrades, right? So a year in, year and a half in, now our cell phones aren't holding as much charge. That's because mm -hmm. of the degradation of the lithium material that's in the battery. Uh, buckyballs actually have the ability to hold electrons and then release electrons. And because of their six-fold symmetry, it gives them incredible stability uh, so that they don't deform, so that it maintains its shape, and so it it will be used in uh, in batteries at at some point. Actually, at some point when the cost uh, comes down, I used to explain to people, "Hey, this is what I do," and they will like, "Well, what is a buckyball for?" And kind of the joke, especially after 1996 when the Nobel Prize was awarded, the joke was, "Well, the best thing that that C60 or buckyballs are are good for." Uh, is funding. <laughs> if you want to write a proposal and you want it to get funded, you write a proposal about a recently Nobel Prize winning material, right? <laughs> and and people would get funded. So so mm -hmm. that was the, the excitement. One of the things that's really amazing is there's a new symbol in chemistry because mm -hmm. of the buckyball. So we're all familiar with the at symbol. You know, it's in our email addresses. Uh, mm -hmm. If you have something called like, say, lanthanum, L-A at C60, what that means is lanthanum trapped inside of it. The buckyball is big enough for any atom on the periodic chart to fit inside of it. So 
lanthanum at C60 means that that lanthanum uh, atom is trapped inside of it. It's not covalently bonded with it. It's not ionically bonded with it. It's physically trapped inside of it. So they kind of knew pretty early on that, hey, maybe we could put some radioactive materials inside of the buckyball and mm -hmm. then attach components to the exterior of the buckyball that, I don't know, might have a proclivity to connect with cancer cells. And so now you've got this radioactive atom sitting right there next to cancer cells. And so they, they, they had a lot of theories uh, and a lot of research was done in the early days that kind of went down that path. Yeah. And so the d effectively the uh, more efficient delivery of chemotherapy, I'm guessing there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was at least one of them. It turns out also the buckyball is the exact size to fit inside of the AIDS uh, virus uh, kind of reproductive cup. And so mm -hmm. by the buckyball sitting in there, uh, you're, you were able to actually block the reproduction of the AIDS virus. And that was, you know, actually at the time that the AIDS virus had just really landed and, and was so much in the news um, it, that never got anywhere. Um, I'm not exactly sure why didn't kind of follow that particular research. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's got some amazing properties and, and those properties continue. And, and we've always said from the beginning that the first real application. So by the way, the, the material is really expensive. When we started, uh, my company SES research or carbon nanomaterial manufacturing company back in 1991, the material was selling for $6,000 per gram. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's worth repeating $6,000 per gram. And, uh, and my business partner, Robert, was, was working uh, at, here in Houston at the, the University of Houston. And there's a Texas Center for Superconductivity. Uh, we actually, there's a, a pro Professor Paul Chu who's very famous in the superconductivity arena. Uh, my business partner was working for him separating fullerenes, right? So separating fullerenes are a whole gamut of molecules. Of, we've been talking about C60, but there's also C70, C84, C96, and, and on up. And so when you produce the material, you actually have to separate it from its other kind of brethren. And my business partner, Robert, was separating those materials. And one day, Dr. Chu came in and said, you guys are young guys. Why don't you go start a company? This is selling for $6,000 a gram. My business partner uh, is from an entrepreneurial background. And so, you know, off, off, off to the races. We were off and running. And there, there the company was born, right? Exactly. And we're the first company that still exists uh, to deliver commercial quantities of carbon nanomaterials. So I came across Buckyballs and I love the ode to Buckminster Fuller here and everything that kind of the buckyball symbolizes with tensegrity structures, et cetera. But I came across this at a dinner at a health conference, FlowFest, and the person sitting next to me has also been on the podcast now. But um, for whatever reason, he handed me a pipette without really explaining what uh, was in it. And I just naturally trusted him. It was Dr. James Hart from the BioCyberDot Institute. And he began explaining to me a lot of what was in C, he called it C60. And I would like to just now differentiate what is the difference between C60 and then ESS60? So that, that's a great question. Um, so it's actually true that C60, when it's improperly processed, can be dangerous. So there's papers out mm -hmm. there that talk about um, one, one unique characteristic, well, not unique, one characteristic of, of C60 is that it's not water soluble. Um, and so water soluble components tend to be a lot more bioavailable to us. And so a, a number of scientists have worked and succeeded. They've made C60 water soluble. But when you put those uh, water soluble versions of C60 into tests, it actually tends to turn, it tends to be detrimental or, or tends to be harmful uh, to cells and to the, to the animals that they put it in. So if you mm -hmm. improperly, and that's a lot more complex. What's, what's a little less complex is I, I mentioned my business partner was separating uh, the different fullerenes. In order to get pure uh, isolated C60, you do have to separate it. And that process requires chemicals that you don't want to put in your body. It's carcinogenic chemicals. So if you don't process C60, it's actually harmful. 
What we say is ESS60 is C60 that's been processed for safer human consumption. So mm -hmm. really, again, C60, industrial applications, potentially harmful, ESS60 processed so that it's safer for human consumption. So that's an important distinction. So thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so C60, if I want to improve the battery of my Google phone, and I hope the Google guys would take this at some point and, and put it into the phone. Yep. Uh, but if I want to improve the battery of my phone, I go to C or Carbon 60. If I want to, we're going to talk about the use cases next, but if I want to improve my health, ESS 60 is what I should be looking for. Do I have that right? That's exactly right. Okay. So let's get into some of those use cases because... <clears throat> You know, Dr. Hart was very uh, excited about this and he is, uh, you know, he's been at the forefront of a lot of the things uh, with regards to neuroscience for the past 20, 30 years and does some very interesting trainings at the BioCybernaut Institute. But he just basically told me like C60, he used the word C60, but now mm -hmm. I know it's ESS60. Yep. It is the future. And so he was really excited about it. Can we go into some of the use cases and maybe we'll start first? Where should we start, Chris? Should we start with longevity? Well, let's talk about the, about the, the study, like the study that's kind of the genesis of this whole conversation. And, and, and I'm sure of James, Hart, James Hart's uh, interest in, in, you know, what's now ESS-60. Mm -hmm. So well, we mentioned that it's similar to benzene, right? The mm -hmm. fact that benzene is ubiquitous and this buckyball is a 3D version of benzene means that the, there's understanding that on an industrial scale, um, C60 is going to be ubiquitous as well. And if it's ubiquitous, we need to understand the safety of the material because we already know that benzene is dangerous. It's a carcinogen, right? And so you take this buckyball and they actually assumed it would be toxic. It's a reasonable assumption. And in 2012, um, uh, the, at the University of Paris, they did a toxicity study. And the way toxicity studies work is you don't give like, and this was with Worcester rats, you don't give Worcester rats a little bit of it and, and see if their tummy gets upset, right? You give <laughs> them a lot of the material and you're really just trying to benchmark what is the toxicity level of this material. You're you basically can, trying to discover an LD50, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. So you give them a lot, and um, instead of being toxic, the rats that were given ESS-60 in olive oil lived 90% longer than the control group. So a typical Worcester rat dies at 32 months, and the rats given, so the, in this study, there was one group of rats given water, one group of rats given olive oil, and one, given, one group given olive oil with ESS-60. Um, the ones given water died at a typical Worcester rat age of about 32 months, uh, all of them had tumors, which is very typical of a Worcester rat. Those rats given ESS-60 in olive oil lived to 62 months. They actually had to euthanize the last rat. Now, wow. yeah, kudos to the, the, the professors who continued this study. Because if you think about it, a 32-month study, and if it's a toxicity study, as soon as those rats that are getting ESS-60 outlive the control group, your toxicity study is over. Yeah. Right? Because... It's clearly not toxic, but they mm -hmm. continued and they actually continued for another two and a half years. Right. So kudos to them. They got to like the 60, about 62 months and they were down to two rats. One of the rats passed. And so they euthanized the last rat and then kind of you know, it's time to write our paper, which should have been written two and a half years ago. Uh, and that the conclusion of that is that ESS 60 is not toxic. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Despite living longer, right, 90% longer, none of the Worcester rats given ESS-60 in olive oil had any tumors, right? So these are some pretty amazing results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm constantly looking for, so if anybody in your audience is aware of, a longer longevity experiment on mammals. I have been searching for two years. I haven't been able to find one. And so I keep saying that this is the longest longevity experiment on mammals known to man. Um, mm -hmm. And if anybody is aware of any difference, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all ears. I'd love to, to understand that, you know, what, what that study looks like. And we'll link to the Paris 2012 study, but Chris, in terms of just the mechanism and the way this works, uh, if you're willing to elaborate on it, or maybe the way it worked in the rats, how, why is it that, 
these rats were able to live for 90% longer? So the reality is we don't know the exact mechanisms. Okay. What, what we do know is that ESS-60 is a great antioxidant. So I kind of described how that buckyball could hold electrons, right? Mm -hmm. And release those electrons. Well, it turns out that ESS-60 similarly is a great free radical absorber, right? So those free radicals and we, you know, vitamin C is an antioxidant. These free radicals are ox uh, oxidants that we want to get out of the body are absorbed or, or attached to uh, the ESS-60. Additionally, unlike a lot, unlike most antioxidants, uh, the, the ESS-60 is a nanoparticle. So it's actually able to get into the cells. So it's actually to participate in the mito mitochondrial processes like the ATP and ADP processes and be there, um, and this is theory, potentially as this uh, free radical sponge. Right. So cleaning up those processes early on, like at the cause of them. Right. We all kind of know when we create energy for us as humans here, unless it's solar or wind, any other type of energy creates these kind of negative components. Right. Pollution. In this case, in the case of your body, it's free radicals. And if you've got this, you know, spherical buckyball sponge uh, that's grabbing those free radicals and then escorting them out of your body. So we know it's an antioxidant. We also know it's an anti-inflammatory in the current kind of thought processes about aging are saying that it's an oxidation process and that it's an inflammation process that's causing this aging. So, it, you know, that is potentially the, the explanation of why there was this extension in life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Dr. Hart mentioned when I was speaking with him was the idea of the anti-aging uh, component of this, because it does scavenge particularly like superoxide, right? Yep. Or, I have yep. that right. Yep. And then also, is it possible, and, and I, maybe the answer is we don't know, that uh, can, uh, may, let me reframe my question. Can you overdo this? As in redox is a delicate balance. You have antioxidants and free radicals. Is there such thing as too much? Well, I, I think uh, the axiom that uh, all things in moderation really applies to all things. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's certainly, I, I think more important than, than, you know, uh, clearly we're on the, given the study, given the results of that study, we're on the right side of that redux reaction, right? Mm -hmm. I think more important is, um, can the antioxidants that, that we're currently taking, right? So C60, ESS60 is known to be 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. And mm -hmm. people are like, wow, that's amazing. Is that the most powerful antioxidant? And the answer is no. Moringa is like 1,700 times more powerful than vitamin C. And, and if you just take that on face value, then, you know, we should be consuming Moringa uh, tea every single day. The challenge is, is the, the determination of its antioxidant uh, capability is done in a Petri dish. It's not done um, in vivo. It's not done in your body. And, and right. And so, so yeah, it's 1000 times, but if it doesn't get to the right spots in your body, then it doesn't have the opportunity to do, uh, to, to be the antioxidant that it needs to be. Yeah. And, and again, bringing back the Buckminster Fuller here, right. He was all about, you can't remove something from a complex system and then expect it to work the same way. Yeah. It's It's going to work different. And, and so the, the big fear typically, right. Is it's, if this, uh, ESS 60 is going in and making things work differently than, then it can be, you know, what are the chances that it's detrimental? And, um, you know, we, we've got this study, so we know it's not toxic. Um, in fact, it extended the life of test subjects by 90%, but we're all always like, it's, it's my job as an individual who sell, as a company that sells ESS 60, we've got to constantly be collecting data on if there's any adverse reactions and, and so I know we're, we're not getting into, we'll get into that here shortly, but so far uh, we haven't had any adverse reactions that, that we need to report. And so in terms of, before we go into that, there's yeah. something when you search the internet uh, for this molecule uh, and start getting into random discussion boards about the molecule, uh, for lack of a better word, and correct me if I'm wrong, calling it a molecule. It's definitely um, a molecule. Yep. If, is there a concern over DNA damage or a potential concern? And why would that be? Yeah. So, um, 
I, I've certainly read some of these forums. Um, I've read, you know, the potential for DNA damage. There's not really any kind of substantiated uh, report. There's also people out there talking about how uh, the presence of ES6, ESS60 will extend your telomeres or re actually repair and kind of telomere length is associated with actual physical age. Um, so so that's kind of DNA damage. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of D. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it, it's certainly a nanoparticle and could have these effects. Uh, we just don't have anything that's concrete to say that it's damaging or not damaging. I think the results are more indicative of that it's not actually damaging uh, DNA. The results are, you know, that it, when somebody says it extends the telomere length, right, which would basically make you younger from a DNA perspective, um, I think it's reasonable to believe them. It's just not something I would say because there's no research to support it, if that makes sense. It sounds like a good ABA study uh, to just kind of go before and after telomere length, which yeah. I mean, we can debate all, all night long on the merits of some of those testing processes. But um, <clears throat> let's talk about some of the other benefits that you may have seen with particularly users. Do you mind commenting on those? Because, you know, antioxidants is great. A lot of people may struggle to actually feel that benefit. But what are some of the other things that you've heard about? Well, sure. And, and as we're kind of going into this, it's important to share uh, the FDA has not evaluated this raw material or our product, My Vital C, so it's not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease. It's important to say that. Um, I think it's also Thank important to, because yeah. I, I usually have to say that. Too. <laughs> it's also important, I think, to say just to give a little bit of, of my perspective that um, I'm as I'm as suspect as as anyone. So you had an interesting um, exposure to ESS sixty with James Hart, somebody that you kind of trust, right? And so you walk away from that experience and go, okay, well, this is somebody I trust, um, and and you've got this experience. In my case, I, let, let me. So in, in to my understanding, the way somebody gets into the supplement industry really has two paths. And I've kind of accidentally ended up on the third path, right? So the mm -hmm. first path is I want to make a lot of money, right? And so yeah. I put together some components. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. We, all, we know that the supplement industry certainly has a lot of things to be concerned about, right? Um, and I go out and sell it. And so that's, that's a path. I have no problem with people becoming wealthy, but that's not the path. That's not how I ended up here. Um, the mm -hmm. other is often people have had their own kind of uh, physical challenges, right? Or their parents maybe had a physical challenge and they did their own research and they came up with their own formulation and that actually helped them get out to escape from whatever they were uh, uh, suffering from. And so then they're out to save the world, right? And I have no problem with saving the world. It's just not how I ended up here. In my case, uh, 1991, I'm a carbon nanomaterial manufacturer. I've been manufacturing these buckyballs uh, from the very beginning in 2012, they do this amazing study. Uh, it extends the life of test subjects by 90%. Mid-2013, I start getting phone calls saying, how much in a dose? And our first reaction was no. <laughs> it was no. You put this in tires and batteries and solar cells and, and, uh, and, and ink, and you don't put it in your body. So actually, as a company, we added not for human consumption to our labeling about mid-2013. And, and I'm going to say the literature was conclusive that it was safe. You've got this particular rat study. There's lots of studies where they injected the powder under the skin of rats, where they actually had rats inhale it because they thought it might have some, as a nanoparticle, it might have some asbestos-like features, like all the literature where they've used properly processed C60, again, we call that ESS60, show that it's safe. But, uh, you know, it, it just took me a long time to change gears. So 2013, we add not for human consumption. Uh, and then we proceed and, and we were selling um, the ESS60 in olive oil so that if you want it, by the way, it takes like three weeks to mix this olive oil. Uh, ESS60 is not very soluble in the different vegetable oils. So, um, so it's, it, we dissolve it in it for three weeks. We're selling that if people want to do their own rat study, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in 2013, excuse me, 17, uh, a guy by the name of Cliff High, he's got a big YouTube following. He talks about finance and Bitcoin. Of course, Bitcoin's very sexy. So that's part of the reason he's got a big following. He starts talking about 
how he's using ESS60 and the benefits that he's getting, and the industry sells out. Um, well, the entire industry except for us sells out because we're the largest manufacturer and distributor of ESS60 on the planet. Mm -hmm. and so we didn't actually run out, but we came into 2018 with this product, literally supplement product that's landed in our lap. And for, for us as a company, we asked two questions. The first question is important is moral question. I take the product. My wife takes the product. Everybody on my team takes a product. I'm actually comfortable selling it to you. So that's the first issue. And then the next is legal, which is the FDA and the FTC. We're on the right side of those two organizations. And so in, in early 2018, really, I'm taking the product earnestly starting the beginning of 2018. Um, and then we start working on this My Vital C, which is a, which is a retail uh, uh, version of ESS-60 uh, in, in, in olive oil and actually now is in MCT oil and, and avocado oil. So that's kind of my journey. Now, mm -hmm. I, I say that because early 2018, I'm getting phone calls of these testimonials and I'm like, thank you. Like one of them is, uh, it's helped me with Parkinsonian tremors and I'm, I'm a scientist. I want data. I mean, all science starts with anecdotes. That's the reality, right? Everybody kind of poo-poo's anecdotes, and they should, but it's also where they all start, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, you you see, you think you see a trend, people are reporting this, and then you actually put the studies together, you know, the ABA studies to actually confirm that these are real things that are happening. So mm -hmm. I'm getting these calls, and, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with these calls, because I'm a scientist. I want like rock hard data. I know it's going to take me a long time to get rock hard data, but I just keep getting all of these testimonials. The one consistent testimonial and really kind of breaks into three. I think it's all uh, because of one of these. The most consistent is better sleep. Like just across the board, almost everybody reports better sleep. They also tend to report um, better mental focus and more energy during the day, which by the way, if you're getting better sleep, both of those make perfect sense, right? Yeah. So yeah. not specifically like a nootropic effect, but more of the knock-on benefits from, hey, instead of getting six hours of sleep, I'm actually sleeping through the night kind of thing. Well, I, I think that's true. I also think um, I just got the data from from somebody that I'm, I'm working with. And he's got a, a Fitbit. So, it, you know, it's, it's whatever cursory data, um, but mm -hmm. had a 60% increase. So he gave me the data for three days prior to starting uh, My Vital C and then four days post My Vital C. Uh, and he's got a 60% a sixty increase in deep sleep. So I don't, from a Fitbit perspective, I don't know if, you know, where does deep sleep fit in? Um, it's probably in REM sleep, right? So there's, re I read a book and I don't know if you've read this book. It's called why we sleep. Have you, have you had a chance to read that? Yeah. Matt Walker. Uh, we've yeah. had some people from Matt's lab on the show before. So for, for me, a sleep study is not easy. I got to get like Fitbit data. And I think you and I even had a conversation. You've got some better equipment to give me better data, but for mm -hmm. them doing a sleep study is trivial. Like here's two nights without my vital C here's two nights with it. Let me fund that. It's easy to collect the data. It's easy to see the benefits. Um, mm -hmm. so I would love to make that happen. And we're very interested in funding uh, the research necessary to kind of really support this product. In that book, for me, that was one of the scariest books I've ever read. <laughs> because I you ask know, you questions about your sleep then. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it kind of makes me think, um, uh, I'm really sorry, Boomer. I need to go take a nap. Right. Because the whole book is about what happens if you don't get enough sleep and it's mm -hmm. bad for your heart. It's bad for your blood sugar level. It's bad for your mental acuity. It's bad for re basically everything. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of hand waving that goes around. Yeah, we really do need our sleep. But you read that book and you're like, well, that's not it shouldn't be hand waving. It should be like whatever finger pointing or whatever it takes to encourage people to get the right amount of sleep. Mandatory. Yes, absolutely mandatory. And so uh, if better sleep, if they're getting better sleep, then that explains a whole lot of things, right? And the sleep industry is a $2 billion industry. Most of the sleep aids, and I'm going to do air quotes, most of the sleep aids that are out there knock you out. They don't allow you to get in-REM sleep. They don't allow you to get REM sleep. They're just kind of releasing the chemical pressure for your need to sleep. So you wake up not 
feeling like you need sleep, but also not having repaired your body like sleep is supposed to. Absolutely. And, and look, there's a lot, and I know Matt will admit this, uh, there's a lot we don't know about sleep, but it's a super exciting field. And the fact that a lot of your testimonials are coming in on better sleep are, is very interesting. Now, one of the areas that you and I were discussing before this was jet lag. Yes. Let's interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to talk a little bit about a product and company I'm in love with, and that is the V-Lite. My particular device is the NeuroAlpha, and let me tell you a little bit about my N of 1 benefits. Better sleep, better focus and less anxiety when it comes to things like public speaking, and increased ability to really drop into flow. But you can check out their website, which is full of all kinds of scientific articles and research in this world of intranasal photobiomodulation. And if you want to check out a device, we have a little bit of a coupon code for you. You can use the coupon code SUPERHUMAN to get 10% off your purchase. That's V-Lite, V-I-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com, and use the code SUPERHUMAN for 10% off. I'm just speculating a little bit as to how this may benefit jet lag. I guess if it benefits sleep, obviously that's a circadian entrainment issue. Yeah. But- so, so I'm, I'm not going to have a, a, a really good and certainly not a researched answer about jet lag. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are reporting that, that even when they get less sleep, right? So even, you know, in the book, they call it sleep opportunity. You really need to have like six and a half. Uh, you know, six to seven and a half hours of sleep opportunity, even if those people who who don't get that much sleep actually report feeling a lot more refreshed, right? So it turns out to be a deeper uh, sleep in the case of the data that I've got, you know, from one person, very anecdotal. So, but if you've got a 60% increase in deeper sleep, you know, can you get away with a little bit less sleep? Not suggesting it, go read the book. It'll scare you so that you get your exactly eight hours plus every night. Um, so if you're able to sleep deeper in those moments, and I can describe this for, for, for my case, people often ask, like, what are what have I noticed? And what, one of the things is I've gotten rid of a knee pain that I had for a long time. I played soccer for 25 years, so I've got a couple aches and pains in different places. But I had a knee pain, uh, and that knee pain is gone, um, and, and I'll get to sleep in just a second. I also... Uh, used to track, actually have a spreadsheet of my migraines. I used to get about four or five migraines a year and I was tracking it on the spreadsheet because I was trying to figure out like what caused them, right? Was it mm-hmm. maybe partying the night before? Was it exercising too much? Was it eating something? I was trying to figure out what was causing these migraines. And 2000, and, and I got four to five per year. Uh, in 2018, I didn't get a single migraine. And, and my data goes back, I think it's f- at least five years Prior 2018, I didn't get a single migraine, and in 2019, I had one in the first quarter. Um, those are kind of binary data, like no, only one migraine in a period of time where I should have had six. Uh, mm-hmm. And kind of anecdotal information is, I feel like that one migraine was a lot less, like it wasn't as severe. Um, my wife used to get about nine migraines a month. They actually gave her a medication and she was only able to take nine of those medications, of those pills per month, um, and has reduced her migraines down to one or two. Wow. And then, yeah. And then when you think about sleep, you know, we all have this, uh, we, at least I think a lot of people experience like your brain is going a mile a minute and you're about to go to bed and there's part of you, uh, at least in my case, there's part of me that's thinking, I don't even, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't even go to bed because I'm going to get there and my brain's going to just keep firing away and I'm not going to be able to get any sleep. So let me just mm-hmm. not waste my time. Um, but since I've been on my vital C, I, my head hits the pillow and, and I go right to sleep. So it's not slowing your brain down, right? It's in fact, it's the opposite of these ambience and these quote unquote sleep aids. It's you actually take the product in the morning have energy, mental, mental acuity during the day, and then at night you're sleeping better, which is a little crazy. Has there been anything on athletics and exercise performance in relation to this? So, yes. Um, I've got three to, again, this is anecdotal. I got three testimonials. There's a, there's two guys on my team. One of them is a, is a young, can you, one of them is a young kid who plays indoor soccer. I don't. Have you ever played indoor soccer? Uh, way, way back. Locker. This is 
when I was much, much younger, still boomer, but much younger. <laughs> so I started playing soccer when I was a boomer and then transitioned. <laughs> so, so indoor soccer is like a full out sprinting sport. Like there's nothing like you just run as hard as you can for five to 10 minutes and then you're done. So, uh, there's one kid on our team. He was like, yeah, I used to do 10 minutes the first day after my dose of, uh, of, of my vital C, I was actually able to do 20 minutes. Wow. That's crazy, right? The other one is there's a guy on my team who was a former professional football player. His wife is a personal trainer. He took a dose the very next day. They're running stairs, and both he and she noticed the difference in, in him. So there seems to be this uh, ability to uh, have additional conditioning. I've got a video testimonial on my site from a former bodybuilder talking about how he can work out longer. Um, mm -hmm. And then I've got this one it's kind of entertaining testimonial. It's a, it's a, it's a audio testimonial with a lot of choice language. Um, but, but basically he took the dose on uh, Thursday. He's a, he's like a beast. He does like 300. He's all about body weight exercises. Mm -hmm. And he called me. He's like, what in the hell is in this stuff? Right. A little more choice language. Um, and then goes on about how it's the fifth day of the week. And normally I'd be tired at 70% of my workout, but I'm like really extending it. So yeah, we've got some testimonials as it relates to uh, athletic performance for sure. I, I just, and this is me just kind of riffing off the top of my head because I just did the Brussels marathon and I'm thinking, Hey, this would have been amazing to have day of the race. Yeah. But also like athletes in the tour de France, a a sport that is known for pushing the limits, right? Yeah. Um, this seems like a no brainer or at least to try it. And so I, I'm just, that could be potentially another study. There you go. So what's, what's interesting is because we've got these so many testimonials, if we're like in, in, in this podcast, I've got the opportunity to kind of share it and people can understand my story and understand I'm not the guy who's trying to get rich, not opposed to it. I'm not the guy who's trying to save the world. I'm just a guy who's sharing stories um, that are true about this particular product. And so it, it's it, it's able to get people to try it, right? And then if they get results, great. If they don't get results, you know, that that's part of the data collection process. Um if, if I'm going to go out and market this kind of in shorter, like little 30 second commercials or even just an ad or a sales page or something, I know I can't say it does everything right. I know mm -hmm. I'm going to have to like, here's, here's a, here's the sleep benefits of this particular product to kind of um, appeal and entice people who are interested in improving their sleep. Here's the athletic performance. And so we're at this stage where we're really trying, you know, going to start niching down from a marketing perspective, which is a whole kind of different uh, type of subject, but a marketing perspective to get people to, to actually try the product. <laughs> Sounds like you have a lot of choices on markets. That's for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's hard to decide. Um, and, and really I'm, I'm excited to like be on your podcast and, uh, to be sharing kind of the message of this original study. Most people haven't heard about it. Um, and I don't even know how much James Hart got into that particular study when, when, when he kind of introduced you to the product. He, he mentioned longevity and of course the anti-aging effects. He, he basically said it's good for everything, um, in probably much smarter words than I just said. <laughs> Has it been picked up at all by like USADA or any of the anti-doping agencies? Um, just no. So, so uh, the reality is it's carbon. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm like from a scientific perspective and what I understand of, of those uh, doping kind of processes or testing processes, there's no way this will get picked up because and that's impossible, right? Yeah. It's carbon, right? It's not right. like an, an, an agent. But having said that, that's one of the things that's on our goal um, they will, uh, there's organizations will that, that, that will certify your product as, you know, passing any kind of doping test. And, and obviously at the really high levels, that's something that we'll need to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So can we talk a little bit about the role of olive oil and now MCT oil? Because as I understood it, and this came up earlier in the conversation, it's not a water soluble molecule. But yep. why couldn't you then just take it with like your your steak, for instance? Uh, what is the significance there of the fat delivery? 
Yeah, um, it's a really okay. So we currently believe it's a, it's an incredibly important piece because the the ESS sixty is is a black powder, um, mm-hmm. and you can take that black powder. It's safe. Like I, I mentioned, there's been studies where they've um, had rats ingest it. They've in, injected it under their skin. Uh, they've had them breathe it, and the body just processes it and, and excretes it out. Um, the the thing is, is that the, when you're taking a powder, those uh, the, the the ESS sixty is you know grouped in crystals, much larger crystals, uh, and those crystals are a lot less bioavailable. So mm-hmm. you may be able to take lots of it, right? Take a spoonful of just the powder, um, but the challenge is, is, is your body going to be able to process it? So when you uh, dissolve it in an oil, whether in the original study was an olive oil, an olive oil is still the product I'm going to continue to take and I'm going to recommend people to take because it's the foundation of the research. The research was done on olive oil. Just interesting fact in that original study, you know, the three groups of rats, water, olive oil, and olive oil with ESS-60, the ones given olive oil alone actually had a 30% increase in life. So, I mean, that says whatever olive oil you consume now, you should consume more. Um, Of course, I'd prefer you consume olive oil with ESS-60 in it, and that's called my vital C. Um, but, but olive oil in and of itself is a really, really great antioxidant and anti- anti-inflammatory all, all on its own. And it's tied with the Mediterranean diet. And so we all kind of understand that that diet has, has benefits. And so olive oil was what they chose initially. Uh, and that's what the research is on. There's no research on MCT. Significantly, a lot of uh, manufacturers who sell uh, C60, right? right? Like kind of the material that we'd like you to be more safe with is ESS60. A lot of them that will sell C60 and MCT oil don't actually advertise that that the MCT, that C60 dissolves less in MCT oil to a significant degree. So if you're, you know, if you're taking it for the real raw product, which is ESS60, then the right one is is olive oil. Some people, olive oil doesn't really sit well in their stomach. They like MCT. Maybe they're on this kind of bulletproof diet, and so they're having their bulletproof coffee. You can get, you know, ESS sixty and MCT oil, and uh, and and use that in your coffee and kind of supercharge that that bulletproof coffee. Does it? Does the coffee or the temperature matter? Because this is, I ask this question more because there's a lot coming to light right now about collagen protein and throwing collagen protein. And and I realize protein and carbon are very different, but um, throwing collagen into your coffee may actually break down some of that protein. Is there any concern there on temperature? No, no. So the the temperature is fine. Um, So C60 is incredibly stable. Uh, you, you know, even olive oil is really stable. Uh, you don't, you want to, you know, you want to be careful with olive oil. You don't leave it on your back patio for weeks or whatever, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. typical olive oil is stable for about three years. Uh, and there's some theory that having the ESS 60 in it, um, makes it even more stable. So, um, we, we put a, a best use by about 12 months after our, after our production date, um, Mm -hmm. Because most people are, you know, taking it a lot faster than that. But, uh, but yeah, it's stable, and to add it to your, I wouldn't have any problem adding it to my coffee. Beautiful. Now, I will say this is this is kind of interesting. So, um, the reason you dissolve it in an oil is because when you dissolve something like uh, an ESS sixty, you actually end up with um, individual molecules of ESS sixty floating around in this oil, right? Mm-hmm. As individual molecules, it's significantly more bioavailable now. Interesting fact, the molecule is so small that one drop of our ESS-60 in olive oil, so our MyVitalC, has 475 times more ESS-60 molecules than you have cells in your body. That's, wow, really? One drop? <laughs> yeah, but if you think wow. about it, remember, it's just 60 atoms. What mm-hmm. is the composition? How many molecules go into a cell? Mm-hmm. Right, you got a cell wall that's made up of molecules. You got the nucleus that's made up of molecules. You've got the mitochondria that's made up like so. It's a each individual cell is significantly more complex than sixty carbon atoms. So it right it it's it's crazy, but it also makes really makes perfect sense. This is incredible. Um, I, I'm so excited to try this. This is going to be amazing.
Chris, at this point, I want to transition a little bit into our final six questions. Okay. And of course, at the end of this, I want people to know all about how to obtain this because there is, I'm guessing, a number of people listening to this that are going to be very excited to give it a shot. And we so, got first question. first question is, what's your favorite piece of technology which you purchased in the past year? All right. So I've got to say my favorite piece of technology is a Tesla. Ah, do you have the Model 3? I got the Model 3, uh, and it's it's interesting. I have so much fun. I call it the smile maker. Um, mm-hmm. It is so much fun. It's interesting to like, tell people it drives itself, and then you get in the car, and you double-click down on the, uh, on, on the shaft, and the car starts driving itself, and everybody's like, oh, it drives itself. And you're like, well, what? What did prior to this experience, what did you think it drives itself meant? (laughs) (laughs) It means exactly what it has to mean, which is it drives itself. So um, I it's so much fun. It's safer, at least for me. Um, And uh, yeah, it's I I love the technology and it gets uploaded like so I get I, I, I don't know if you've seen any videos on there's a new auto summon feature so I can be in a parking lot and press and hold a button and the car will come to me. Now, I haven't seen that feature in use yet. And, you know, Amsterdam, all the taxis here are Teslas. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So you've been in them lots of times, right? I've been in them a few times. Those are the normal taxis. If you go Uber or something like that, chances are you're not going to be in a Tesla. But it's, I mean, it's almost worth paying the extra money to just have the experience. Uh, I, I enjoy it. If I have a car, I will probably end up getting a Tesla at some point. Yeah, I I couldn't recommend it more. So in, in the taxi, did he put it like in autopilot mode? This was a little bit ago. Okay. Uh, he did put it in just for very brief. Uh, I think there's somewhat of a concern, at least with this particular driver, about mm-hmm. uh, what could potentially happen. And I think that's that's a concern among a lot of people it's like autopilot hasn't really been done that often before and so if you're a little unfamiliar or a little bit more risk adverse because you have passengers on board it's uh he he was not let's say keeping it in autopilot the whole way home yeah yeah i so i've driven from it's about a three-hour drive from houston to san antonio and the car drove 95 percent of the way that's awesome yeah that's great that's like cruise control on steroids. Yes, it's it's really nice. So yeah, by far my favorite piece of technology. How do you unwind? So I really like to dance. Um, I actually met my wife dancing and I grew up dancing. My mom was a ballerina. So I like to go to a club and shake my booty. What, any particular type of dancing or just... I can, I can do... Uh, I, I actually can do any, any dance. Um... And it's kind of like the Tesla auto drive. I've like told people I know how to dance. And then I'm like, you know, my wife is from Panama. So I like Latin music and Latin dancing. And then I can do country music. And so I'll list all these dances that I can dance. And then they like see me dance. And it's the same as the car. It's like, oh, you can dance. I'm like, that's what I said. (laughs) What do you you think it meant? (laughs) Just like the Tesla. Um, So yeah, anything. My, My favorite, I really like reggaeton music. And because, mm-hmm. you know, it heavily influenced from Panama, where my wife is from. And, uh, and I, yeah, that's, that's what I listen to, tend to listen to and dance to. What's the best thing you've done to enhance your productivity? Uh, I think the best thing, and, I, and this is the best thing that, that, that anyone could really do, is to say no more. Yeah. Right? So uh, there's a, there's a, I really like this quote, right? Cause it's, it's all about what are the opportunities. And I like the quote that says sometimes opportunity isn't. And so, you know, you've got these things and Hey, you got this pass and people approach me and say, Hey, we could go down this path or we can make this product or whatever. And those are opportunities, but sometimes opportunity isn't, it's just a distraction. Mm-hmm. Well said. Favorite holiday or vacation destination? So um, I have to say Panama because that's where my wife is from. Uh, And there's a really cool uh, area in Panama called San Blas. 
And basically, it's a, an indigenous Indian pr- preservation of 300 islands in, uh, in the Caribbean. Incredibly well-preserved. Uh, so there's no like big resorts or anything. You go, you stay in an island. The island, typically the huts are over the water. Like it's just, there's no cell phone. There's a generator that turns off at night. Like that is an amazing uh, disconnect. And I can say I was also recently in Roatan um, and had some of the best uh, snorkeling. Like it was just phenomenal. Like right off, like there's a row, a beach with a row of resorts and you just, some of the best snorkeling I've ever done was right off of that beach. You know, given it's a rainy day here in Amsterdam, you're making me very, very excited to <laughs> get to work together. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Chris, what book has impacted your life the most and your ability to show up and perform in it? So I, one, I, I've already mentioned like why we sleep. I think that's just kind of a very recent one. The first self-help book that I ever read uh, was um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And it, I think it's by Susan Jeffers or Jeffries. I think it's Susan Jeffries. And I, I mean, that was like, I, I think a lot of us are on this journey of self-discovery and how do we be better and live happier and healthier lives. And that was really the first one um, and that, that's really impacted me. And, and I still think about today, actually, I probably should go back and read it again. Um, because it's been, you know, 25 years since I've read it. Wow. Chris, where can people find out more about you and your company? And of course, yes, 60. All right. Well, let's talk about, um, where, if anybody's interested in, in getting the product and, and kind of, I want to make sure you get some credit because because I love what you're doing and you certainly deserve it. Um, if anybody goes to myvitalc.com slash DSH, and obviously that's for decoding superhuman. Uh, so myvitalc.com slash DSH. Uh, we also have a coupon for $15 off and just use the coupon code DSH. And the best thing to do, go to myvitalc.com slash DSH, scroll down the page, one bottle of My Vital C is about ninety nine bucks. Um, skip that. Go ahead and do the subscription. You can cancel that at any time. The subscription's only seventy four ninety five, so you're saving like twenty five bucks right off the bat. You can cancel that at any time, and then also use that coupon code DSH fifteen. Um, you can call my office if you've got some interest, want to have a conversation with me. Um, you can call the office at seven one three six eight six nine six six two. And, uh, and yeah, those are the best ways to, to really connect with me. Chris, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for educating me and my audience on ESS 60. This is amazing. I can't wait to give it a little ABA experiment. Yeah. So, so we'll get a, a couple of bottles over to you. Um, in your next journey, hopefully it'll be warmer and less rainy (laughs) and uh, we'll get those bottles over to you. I'm excited about, um, anytime I have a conversation with somebody who's aware of what's going on in their own body, and then they can get the product and kind of give reports that that just has a little bit more weight than, Oh, I feel like I'm sleeping better or like having data is so much more important. And guys, I'll, of course, track all the data as I'm experimenting with this and share it with you. But the, the show notes for this podcast, the links that to everything that Chris has mentioned are going to be at decodingsuperhuman.com slash ESS60. Chris, thank you so much, my friend. All right. Thank you, Boomer. To all the superhumans listening, have an absolutely epic day. All right, superhumans. So I went long this one on the podcast, and I'm extremely excited to give ESS60 a try. Think about all the benefits, the potential benefits, longevity, reduction of inflammation, balancing redox cycles, which you guys have heard me talk about in the past about my previous experiences with anxiety. But I'm also curious how something like ESS60 can help me today in this sort of optimization phase of my life. So I'll report back to you guys in what may become a shorter episode of the podcast, but I hope you enjoyed this episode with Chris. And if you did, share it with a friend. Share it on your social media networks because we want all eyes, ears, and whatever other 
accoutrements on this podcast, hearing about the latest things to elevate the human experience. The show notes for this one are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash ESS60. And again, head over to Chris's website, myvitalc.com slash DSH. And if you want to give ESS60 a try, he's got a nice little discount for you guys. Have an absolutely epic day. Thank you.